the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Welcome to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. Thanks for listening. Uh, tonight we have a special podcast. It's going to be the first time we do a phone interview with me. I have my dad, Joel Saint, who is the executive director of the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society, uh, of which I'm also part of the uh, board of directors. Uh, say hi to everyone, Dad. Hello. And um, also with us tonight, we have a very special guest, Mr. Joe Salant, all the way from Texas, coming at you live. Say hi to everyone, Joe. Hey, what's up? It's just such an honor to be here. Streetwise Theology, destroying the lofty ivory towers of the present day, institutionalized, lukewarm Christianity. Man, it's, it's, it's great to be on the podcast with y'all. <laughs> okay, this, this is going to be a short night. <laughs> oh, man, it uh, tickles my ear to, say, to hear Joe Salant read that for us. Um, now, uh, let me just, I love that, man. <laughs> now, let me just clarify something. I did not ask Joe to read that. He just did that um, because he's the man. Uh, secondly, <clears throat> um, what I wanted to uh, call this podcast to order about was uh, the recent controversy that has been all over Facebook, uh, has been um, all over Reconstructionist Radio as a result of, uh, you know, Joel McDermott's uh, problem of slavery in Christian America. It's been making waves. Joe Salon has been doing the audiobook. He's been doing podcasts about it. And a lot of people have been talking about it on Facebook uh, recently. In the last couple of days, I've seen many arguments come out um, from the Reconstructionists because a lot of people, I think, uh, Joe, and I think you uh, might agree with me and Dad, I think you guys will agree with me on this one, uh, there's a lot of confusion about okay, what what exactly is being said here? What what is being said? Like I said before, um, a lot of you know I hate to bring it. I mean, this is going to inevitably go uh, to race. We're going to talk about race tonight. We're going to talk about slavery. Um, but a lot of times, uh, a lot of the conservative Christians who are also you know Reconstructionists. Um, we're kind of, we kind of have these defenses built up. As soon as you bring race into it, we're kind of have our defense walls up. We have our walls up and we're ready to argue with anybody about race and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, from what I understand about Joel McDermott's book, he's trying to bring me, bring those walls down and, you know, kind of join hands kind of across reconstructionism about this issue. I see a lot of the people from American vision taking up this banner and, you know, making the argument that the, the problem is, is that a lot of us and myself included, when I first was exposed to it, I was kind of like, okay, what exactly, what exactly are you saying, uh, you know, with this book and, you know, you know, uh, all these things are true in this book. Okay. So now what do we do? Uh, so Joe actually a couple of weeks ago, put out a podcast about it. We're going to talk chiefly about that podcast. I know my dad has a lot of questions about it. So Joe, go ahead and, uh, talk about that podcast. All right. So that podcast that featured, uh, on the war room, and it was an exhortation that I also that I recorded on Facebook as well, a Facebook Live feature, and you can go back on the War Room timeline and check it out for yourself. And what it what it was now, I had it in my mind to kind of do a practical application of what the problem of slavery in Christian America, uh, an ethical judicial history of American slavery and racism by Dr. Joel McDermott, uh, my, my friend, and uh, exactly what it meant on the ground. What is the practical application for it? 
And I would, and, and it, it ties in with something that I'm really, really, and I'm not really kind of ready to share all the details about this, but it ties in with an urban's mission mm-hmm. kind of vision that, that the spirit has, has really kind of um, uh, blessed me with really just from the time I became a reconstructionist. So it's kind of like all this is dovetailing together for me. And this podcast that I did um, is like the first kind of theological outline for how we can apply the book. Unfortunately, what I was seeing on Facebook was a, the the main reaction that I got from conservatives to Joel's book. And, and like you said, I'm, I'm narrating this book for Reconstructionist Radio. You can go ahead and get caught up on your reading by me reading it to you by going to ReconstructionistRadio.com and typing in the search bar, The Problem of Slavery in Christian America. It's 100% free. Now, uh, the, the, the main thing that I was seeing was was this reaction that was really frustrating me. It was why guilt white folks. So you would see it when it would be either in either in an American Vision comment section in regard to the book. I've had it. I had it leveled at me a couple times on my Facebook feed, mm-hmm. and it was like when we're trying to look ethically, judicially, judging good and evil, covenantally about our history. It was like, why guilt white folks? And and with the way that I take that, the way that I see that reaction, mm-hmm. and now this isn't this is this will be a blanket statement, but this this does, not everybody is, means this, but at least a, a good portion of the meaning behind the question, why guilt white folks? In reaction to Joel's book, really means this is not my responsibility. Okay, and the legacy of slavery, racism. And the fact that the Moloch state was able to capitalize on the aftermath mm-hmm. of chattel slavery yeah. and, and Jim Crow and segregation to build the great society is most definitely our responsibility to deal with today as Christians. And so when I did that podcast, and I should know better than this, because uh, I'm I'm an I'm an abolitionist. I'm a branding guy. I know the value of seeding. Right. I put in the title uh-huh. uh, Daniel Nine: White Guilt and the Problem of Slavery in Christian America. And and immediately when you talk about white guilt, yeah, you talk about in the current in the current climate of debate and conversation. It's oh, I'm guilty because I'm white. Yeah, and that is the furthest thing from the reason why you are guilty. It, it, it has nothing to do with it. Our guilt is covenantal guilt. Okay. Um, it has nothing to do with our skin, our skin color whatsoever. It is about our covenantal identification with the nation that had ensconced lawlessness, mm-hmm. covenantal violation regarding black peoples as chattels according to the Roman pagan standard, self-consciously exchanging English common law. Mm-hmm. For Roman pagan lawlessness mm-hmm. to treat slaves in America the way that they did. And it's no accident. God is not mocked. What you do to the least in society, what you do to the widow, to the orphan, to the sojourner yes. will be done to you. And so what we are living with today is a society. It's a Roman pagan top down system, a bureaucrat, a bureaucratic ruling mastermind system where it's completely arbitrary and it's ruled by elites. 
Now, if that doesn't sound similar <laughs> to, to elements of slavery, I don't know what does. But if I had titled the podcast differently, if it was, I could have, I, I believe, and at the end of this conversation, perhaps, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm not the, I, I'm trying to figure out how to best package this myself. All right. Uh, if I believe that if I would have titled this podcast something like Covenantal Guilt, Daniel 9 and the Problem of Slavery in Christian America, mm -hmm. that it, the reaction to my podcast from people that are very, very, I mean, that I look up to yeah. and that I need to be on the right side of this. Yeah. I need the, the reconstructionist community. Basically, there's stuff we can divide on and stuff. I, I really need everyone to be all in on this from the perspective that I have in terms of if we want to smash the, the welfare state. Yes. And, and and that's not what we're doing right now. The whole conservative message to the to the uh, communities that are caught up in these Moloch state ghettos of you know pull yourself up by your bootstrap, darn it, you're an American, nobody's responsible to help you, and all that other kind of stuff. Right? Is just it may be true, but it is not working. Okay. It is not working, and we see as what what ended up happening was as we receded as a church and when i say it, it's 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 probably better to talk about the church the those that claim the name of christ in america and stuff like that rather than skill skin color because culture is religion externalized faith externalized it's not race externalized right uh, but when we receded uh when during the during the uh, so-called civil rights era when we kind of took a sideline tactic and, and, and we said, well, you know, like, for example, the uh, evangelical, uh, the NEA was neutral on the Civil Rights Act. Now, we're against the Civil Rights Act as Reconstructionists, but the reason they were neutral for it is because they were neutral on the whole issue. Right. Yes. And they didn't serve the least of these. Mm -hmm. And then you have the pagan state coming in and the biblical standard is service to the least gains power in society. Okay. And they offered false service to the least mm -hmm. and erected. These new plantations that we have, the prison industrial complex, right. the, um, the, the urban ghettos, the monster Moloch state, where 90% of, of minorities vote for this one-party system, basically. Right. And we're standing on the outside now. We had the opportunity, even after the horrible legacy that we have with slavery and segregation and things like that, we had the opportunity as the people of God to come in at that time and show true service. And we did not. And so today we stand here and say, well, what do we do? How do we address this? Okay. Joel's, okay, Joel, and let's me one more thing. So Joel's war room, his second war room that he did on Reconstructionist Radio, you can check it out, interview with Bill, Bill Evans, where he talks about the purpose of the book, uh, um, The Problem of Slavery in Christian America. And he didn't sit down to write that book. He sat down to write a book of addressing criminal justice or mm -hmm. the criminal injustice that we have today right and to address the prison industrial complex and what he saw is oh my goodness i'm going to actually if i'm suggesting the biblical answer i'm going to be suggesting slavery right no it's not it's it's not it's not pagan slavery it's not american chattel slavery right no 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 it's not the kind of slavery where the pastor least least slaves from his church mm -hmm. to pay his salary it's not that kind of slavery but unless you break this down and unless you address this how on earth at where we have have we earned the platform 
to make that suggestion mm-hmm. in Detroit, in, in, in Compton, in L.A., in Chicago, in New York, in Miami? Have we earned the platform? And the we, white, black, whoever, the we, is the covenantal community that wants to institute this right. as the only standard and the only solution. Okay. So now here's where I believe that, that and that's where that's where I'm, I was coming from with the podcast. Okay. And the the reason I titled it White Guilt was for that was for that very reason that it was the conservative reaction. Why guilt white folks? This is not my responsibility. And my response in the podcast is here's why it is your responsibility, okay. even if it's not your personal. Guilt, even if not your person, of course, you're not personally a racist. You never personally own slaves. Mm-hmm. But if we want to take the axe to the root, this is a blessing to be able to address the curses. We can never identify covenantally with a nation and receive the blessings if we're not willing to deal with the curses. Okay. All right. So uh, I know my dad has a couple questions for you about uh, what you just said there. I, I wanted you to, to, I wanted you to say that so you can get out the purpose of your podcast and why you put it out. Dad, you have some questions for him. Well, yeah, first a, a few um, uh, preliminary considerations. And of course, I'm uh, grateful to be able to talk to Joe tonight. Um, I, I was, um, I, uh, Joe and I have talked about this a little bit before. Glad we can talk about it tonight on the podcast. And uh, one of my concerns was, uh, I, and I, I heard, um, I didn't hear the entire podcast or broadcast when it was first made, but I had some concerns later about it that I felt needed to be addressed. And uh, but I, I did not, and this is a little bit of background about how this podcast now is happening, because I did not want to, and, and, you know, and anybody, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to do a Facebook broadcast, but it's probably pretty simple, but I didn't want to do a, like a counter podcast. Right. I didn't think that would be um, helpful. Um, not that, not that there's not a time and place for doing that. I'm not saying that, but I just, I, I just didn't want to like, uh, you know, pull up my my the battleship Joel Saint. Yeah. You know, and level the broadside in the dark of night. Yeah. And say, how do you like that? <laughs> and, and and that's how this kind of thing can, can, can come off that way. And and so then what happened next was uh, um, USS Joel Saint. That'll that'd be something. Anyway, so um, so, so then I, I I called up Luke. I said, Luke, would you would you mind doing an interview with me on that? Because I it, that's that's less direct. You can still make your points, but it's a lot less direct. Correct. And Luke's, Luke came up with the idea. So why don't we get Joe on a podcast? And uh, which so that's how this, uh, this this came about. And so I, I want to uh, talk about my concerns with the uh, with the podcast. More my concerns about the podcast and about the book, uh, because that's what we're addressing tonight is is the podcast. And um, uh, there, there were actually four um, or, or actually five things that I felt were that I felt were being done. That's a separate statement from saying these are five things that Joe did. Right. That's that's not the the emphasis here. These are things that I felt that I heard were being done on the on the podcast, mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll read them off to you, and uh, and and then we can briefly discuss those. And I believe that I, I believe that Joe is going to you know basically say, Joel, you got you got it wrong here. But anyway, what we're trying to do here is we're we're. Um, we're we're not trying to be Jerry Springer here, right? But we're also not trying to be Oprah either, right? Um, everything is wonderful. Okay, yeah, right. um, free cars for everybody. All right. Um, uh, ba- <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the broadcast that I I thought I heard I felt um, promoted the following five things. I thought that it identified guilt with DNA. 
Um, white guilt is definitely said numerous times throughout the broadcast. Um, obviously, white guilt has to do with DNA, so that's, that's what I felt that uh, it did. Uh, secondly, uh, having laid guilt on those who cannot do anything to expiate their guilt, I felt it therefore rendered them guilty for the sins of those who have come before them. I felt that the, the uh, podcast did that. Rendered, rendered people living, rendered the living guilty for the sins of the dead. Uh, third, I, I felt that uh, since guilt is associated with race in this podcast, again, my, my impression here, as I believe is done throughout the podcast, then it is not much of a stress to render those of other races as having an excuse for their sins as obviously their sins are the fault of someone else, the guilty, in this case, white people. Uh, fourthly, I thought that it furthered the myth that slavery is strictly a white, perp, black victim phenomenon. And just as an aside, anyone with even a smattering of historical knowledge, and I'm not talking to Joe on this because I know Joe, Joe knows this, but not everybody knows this. Um, anyone with even a smattering of historical knowledge knows that this is not the case. Uh, Thomas Sowell has pointed out that slavery was called a peculiar institution in the West, but pretty much nowhere else in the world for thousands of years, in fact. And for thousands of years throughout the world, slavery was not a peculiar institution. It was an accepted institution. Mm -hmm. It was promoted. And then fifth, um, a subtle, um, and this is more theological here, a subtle but, in my view, egregious error occurs when, when um, the speaker, in this case Joe, referencing Daniel 9, I think confuses confession with repentance, um, stating at least, at at least one point that Daniel repented for the sins of his predecessors. But again, I ask, how does one repent for sins not committed by the one re re repenting? And I just want to address that a little bit. Repent does not occur in Daniel 9 at all. Confession uh, d totally does. And I want to just address that briefly. And maybe, uh, Luke, we're talking about a maybe an unfortunate choice of words, perhaps. Right. Uh, perhaps here. But confession and repenting, definitely not the same thing. I can only repent if it's a change of mind for something I'm doing mm -hmm. or have done. Right. I cannot repent for, for something that someone else actually did. Um, and, and, but I can confess. And confessing is an agreement with God. And Daniel, in Daniel 9, he agrees with God that they have cast his law behind their back, uh, turned their back on Moses. Mm -hmm. and, and, that they de and he also agrees with God that they deserve what they got. Mm -hmm. And his prayer in Daniel 9, it, it, but, but he has a request, and his request is that God restore them back to the land because in the beginning of the chapter, he's, he's, re he's saying, I saw by the books from the prophet Jeremiah that it'd be 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And so what he's asking God to do because at the end of his prayer, he says, oh Lord, act. Oh Lord, listen and act. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act. Mm -hmm. uh, because of the desperate plight that his people were in. Right. So, um, so, so basically, um, and I, I think one of the things the podcast did was said, well, because of your guilt, you have to act a certain way. But in Daniel nine, the only the only call for action mm -hmm. is actually from God mm -hmm. to restore them based on what He had said. Uh, back uh, in, in Jeremiah, and that Daniel um, referenced in the beginning of, of chapter 9. Mm -hmm. And, um, you, you know, when we're talking about guilt here, and this, this is one of the reasons why I sort of jumped into this, um, because I have sat on the sidelines with a lot of uh, 
shall we say, Facebook uh, wars. Yes, there. and there have been many. Oh, yeah, and, and they're out there, and I, I've, I've sort of sat on the sidelines for a lot of them. I, I hope not on the fence. Um, but on the but on the sidelines, right? There, there's a difference, right? Yes, I, I, I hope there's a difference. Yes. Anyway, uh, what what I was, I, I felt that this was different, and the reason why I felt that this was different was because I felt that when you when you guilt someone, and uh, you know, and, and I, this is again my impressions here, and I don't want Joe, I don't want you to to, to hear this as accusatory because that's not what I want to do here. Um, but if someone, I'll say it this oh, way. Sure. If, yeah, it, it, if someone is guilted for something that they didn't do, mm-hmm. it renders them impotent. They, they they can't work anymore. They can't do anything because if if, if they're guilty for something they didn't do, what else are they guilty for? Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps we're, we're guilty for things I don't even know about. And I think that's one thing the podcast did um, was to say, hey, it's important that we know all the horrible things that happened back in slavery so that we can repent of that. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know you've known, you, you, you know enough? Mm-hmm. Um, in World War II, uh, you know, it was Lancaster bombers mm-hmm. uh, from the West, from England and the U.S. that, that, that encircled both Dresden and Hamburg mm-hmm. with fire bombs mm-hmm. surrounding the cities and then dropped bombs on civilians mm-hmm. to burn their lights out. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have to know that? I mean, me knowing that, what difference is that? Do, do I now have to, do, am I somehow responsible now to go to Germany mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and do something mm-hmm. uh, for, for those folks? Mm-hmm. I, am not, I am not guilty for what happened there. Mm-hmm. I can confess to God that if he punishes us for the sins that this country has committed, then and in the slavery situation, Absolutely. I can confess that and agree with God. Mm-hmm. But I can't repent for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not guilty of it. Um, R.J. Rustuni makes makes this point. He says, listen, he says, guilt is, this is uh, on page 270 of his institutes on the Sixth Commandment in my, um, in, in my copy here. He says, guilt is non-transferable. A disposition or nature can be inherited, but not guilt. Okay. I'll read it again. Guilt is non-transferable. A disposition or nature can be inherited, but not guilt. Man inherits from Adam the total depravity of his nature, but his guilt before God is entirely his own, even as Adam had to bear his own guilt. Okay, so it says a disposition can be inherited. Yes, absolutely, which we all know that as the sin nature. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have been judged guilty by God for what Adam did. That's very explicit right. in, in the scriptures. Right. But I am not guilty for what I am not. You know, I, I might be a descendant of someone who sacrificed a baby during the time of the children of Israel. I don't know. Right. You know what? It doesn't matter. Mm. I am not guilty for that. Mm-hmm. And I am not guilty for the sins of any white person towards the sins of any white person, any more than than, than African um, tribes mm-hmm. who enslaved other black Africans mm-hmm. are guilty today for what their ancestors did 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that is that was my concern uh, about that. And that's why I jumped into this, because there's, there's a lot of people who fight over a lot of things. Mm-hmm. In Reconstructionism, yes, a lot, and many things. Uh, it's 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 everywhere, mm-hmm. and and my feeling on that is I'm not going to get all that exercised about some of these fights, right? Because in many cases it's because they're doing something, right? They're they're working, mm-hmm. and uh, in this case though, I felt that what could happen if we accepted the idea of white guilt or any color guilt mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. was to re- was to render us all 
impotent and unable to work. Okay, so but Joe Joe has come out and said that he doesn't believe yeah. in white guilt. So I mean, okay. so obviously uh, he's not trying to he's he's absolutely. he's obviously not trying to communicate that that to yeah, I would, us. I, Go ahead, Joe. I was using that. I was using white guilt completely in that context, which is why I said that that was unfortunate. As a matter of fact, um, I do say very, very, very clearly in the podcast on numerous occasions that culture is religion externalized. It is faith externalized. And I'm very careful to keep repeating that. Now, I think people I thought people would pick up on why I was using white guilt because I set it out in the introduction that this is the conservative response. White guilt, white folks. And it's like, and it's, and I'm very clear throughout the podcast as well, as I juxtapose that thing. And I wish I didn't, I, I, you know, I could have done it without, I mean, I didn't need need white guilt to make the point. Right. Um, That's what happens when you kind of let the, uh, I don't want to say enemies of truth, (laughs) you know what I mean? Kind of like have their way into the narrative. Now it's like, I'm defending, I'm defending something. I don't like, I could redo this podcast and just put covenantal where it says white yes. and it would be absolutely fine. And right. you know, so whatever. And, and I make that point at the end. So I'll leave that to the listener. And I've already said it was a dumb thing to do to, to put that. That's why I even had it in quotes originally white guilt in the title. Okay. Um, now, so the, here's the thing. Um, and there was a lot there to unpack. I, I, I didn't think I, I wrote it all down, but uh, let me let me let me go through this. Okay, so the the quote from Rush Dooney. Let me bring you another quote from Rush Dooney in Revolt Against Maturity. All right. So this is on page one hundred and seven. Mm-hmm. So it is important in this context to examine the verse cited by Cheryl because it is so often as seen as a horrible doctrine taught in Scripture. Jesus Christ in Luke eleven fifty declared that the blood of the prophets which is shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation. This is true in every generation in varying degrees. No generation is ever born into an empty world. It inherits the wealth as well as the problems of the past. Mm -hmm. It cannot accept the one without accepting the other. It is a condition of being alive to be an heir genetically, socially, religiously, and in various other ways. Every generation must give an account for its use of its inheritance of wealth, guilt, and problems, Supremely, the generation of Jews and also the Greeks and Romans of our Lord day had a great inheritance of great wealth in his presence, but also of great guilt for their indifference to and hatred for his servants, the prophets. Such guilt is still personal, says Russ Dooney. And such, I didn't even make that point. Such guilt is still personal. A man having inherited the advantages and burdens of the past can neither pass the burdens nor the advantages on to his society. Mm-hmm. So my point was that if you're covenantally responsible for the sins of the nation you identify with, then you shouldn't, if you're not covenantally responsible for the sins of the nation you identify with, forget the white thing, all right, then you shouldn't be eligible to receive the blessings that came with its righteousness. Mm -hmm. We should stand before God and declare, look, if I don't have to repent for these sins or, or confess these sins. And I I think that that was also a point that, 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 uh, um, uh, that, that Joel made, uh, that I'm going to look into a little bit further, Conf- repent, confess. I'm not really, you know, perhaps there's a theological thing that I should come out and clarify there. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, put that on the table as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I think that you get to the same place here. Right. Uh, is what I'm is what is what I'm is what I'm saying. The way that I'm using repent is conf- it's not shuv in the Hebrew like you turn from your personal sin, but perhaps I'm using the word a little bit loosely. And and look, I, this is what it's about. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the other man. I need this message to be sharp mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it is true. All right. So if we stand before God and say we don't have to repent or or confess these sins covenantally, then we also need to tell God to remove any of the blessings accrued from the obedience of the forefathers. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you what, there is no group in America today that touts and bangs the drum about the Christian heritage that we have in our past Mm -hmm. as the American conservative. That's true. Which that was that was this wasn't directed at. at, I wasn't having I didn't have Joel Saint in my mind. I mean, Joel Saint knows the difference between these things. Right. But the American conservative, right. goodness gracious, they bang the drum about. I mean, I've been at these. I used to be a paid speaker at these events right. where we have slideshow after slideshow about this and that and, and, and how great of a Christian nation we, we are and, yeah. and wrapping it in the flag and yep. so on and so forth. But then but then when you at what these same people will say, why guilt white folks? And right. it's like, yo, all right, fine. Tell God you don't care about identifying with the previous generations of American. Mm-hmm. And ask Joe, him Joe to right give there, you a fresh start. Joe, Joe, right there, it does sound like you believe in white guilt then. That's what it sounds like. You say, why guilt white well, people? And you say they're, they're, they're wrong for asking that question. So it sounds to me like you, like you do believe it. Uh, no, no, no. What, 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 the, the covenantal curses for exchanging biblical law or, or the closest thing to it at the time, English common law for Roman pagan lawlessness to treat blacks as things as less than image bearers and, and sacrificing them to the Moloch state. Mm-hmm. Now that, yeah, it's inherently racial because the slave codes were directed for blacks. And so this covenantal guilt is of course tied into race because the violations of the law of God had race in them. But okay, it does okay. Not mean I want to go back, if, if I can, to the Rastuni quote, and, and where where Christ does definitely um, call, um, you know, call, does say, "Hey, the blood of the righteous Zechariah from from Abel to Zechariah is going to be required of this generation." Now, um, that was going to be required of those who rejected Christ. Obviously, okay. that that um, guilt does not go on to future generations unless those future generations reject Christ, right? But it's covenantal guilt. It's not a different form of guilt. They, they, uh, they were judged according to the covenant, and, and okay. 70 AD was a covenantal judgment. Right, and it was a covenantal judgment not based on, on race at all, but based on those. It was it came down on those people that still rejected Christ, correct? Yeah, it's a violation of the law of God. Right, right? And, and those people that did not reject Christ were not guilty of the sins of, of, uh, of the past, correct? Well, sure, of course not. But what okay. happens to the man who didn't re- who didn't reject Christ personally or individually in sixty six A.D. But didn't heed Jesus's words in the Olivet Discourse and didn't run for the hills? I mean, he was also his his wife might have been eating his children. So this is covenantal guilt. This is not you know personally. I need to prove that you're like this is not the left's narrative of white guilt at all. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to co opt this word into a this term into a covenantal structure. Right. And you ask, what do, what do we need to know? Well, we need to. We don't need to know everything. But goodness gracious, I mean, I was a 
person who should know these things. I, right. I've been in ministry for 10 years on the conservative circuit pumping this story about America. I had a, a section about George Whitefield just making him out to be bigger than life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm doing this in, in South Carolina. I'm doing this in Georgia. Do you know that he actually, George Whitefield, actually went ahead and and lobbied agitated for the legalization of slavery in Georgia which was founded originally as a as a non-slave colony. Okay, let me let me that address is that a little bit. something we need to know. Okay, why do we need to know that? How does that how does that change my service to my neighbor knowing that George White George Whitfield Whitefield whatever uh, one time endorsed slavery? How does that change things right now? Because the narrative counts. Romans 15, 4 kind of has this principle in it. If we tell a fake story of America and what America is. Now, no, and from what you said, from what you said, in a way it doesn't matter. Like if you're just serving your neighbor and you're diligent and you're out there and you're serving your neighbor and it's not, and it's kind of disconnected towards the overall narrative. What I'm talking about, the reason why, let me go back to the reason why mm-hmm. I'm addressing this mm-hmm. and using Joel's book this way. The reason why simply is because there are image bearers of God that are human chattels today that are feeding the political machine and keeping Moloch strong. It is human sacrifice. Okay, that is what's going on. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm so have a, the story. A, 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 so wait a second. Now the story. The story is important. If I go to one of these areas and start talking about how great I actually did, I was at a conference one time and started talking about how great uh, Whitefield was, and the guy said, "You know, he owned slaves." And I said, that's ridiculous. He agitated against slavery. I completely told him the wrong thing as a representative of Jesus Christ. But it even gets worse than that. We really need to know where the violations of the law of God were in their major points. Because today, the reason why the pagan state is the way that it is in the welfare states, uh, welfare uh, state specifically, uh, the great society specifically, is because these things are coming back to haunt us. The covenantal violations that are in place Okay. Have produced if that's, the great if, society. Okay. When will when will we know um, when we've expiated this this covenantal guilt? How will how will we know? It's not it's not a go into your closet, and it's simply we need to go serve the least. Okay. If I could if I could say the whole and, and I can thing I can serve wrong. the least I can serve the least without knowing all this stuff, right? Of course, but you would okay. help. It would okay. certainly help. How does it help? It would certainly help to understand. Well, Dad, well, I mean, I mean, I mean all, all reconstructionists know the importance of accurate and true history. And if we if we go on and you know we, we well, uh, if you pre- if you pre- present hist- history inaccurately, yes, that's going to definitely have implications. There's no question about that. But if somebody, you know, I, I am so quite sure that there are people like like Sowell says. It's called the peculiar institution here. Mm-hmm. And so my, my point is this. Let's tell the whole story. Yeah, slavery has a horrible Amen. history throughout the entire world. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it, it was only questioned in a Christian context. Mm-hmm. And so where I, I think I have a d- difference with Joe here is, is to say that we have to earn the right for them to hear us. I, I, look, it's our job to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't owe... 
I, I don't owe anyone okay. an explanation of, of some kind of groveling before them to go in front of them and say, and maybe Joe isn't saying this, mm -hmm. but this is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. We have to go in front of them and say, we are just so sorry for what our forefathers did. That's not going to help anything at all. That's been being done by the liberal community for years. And you know what? No. It's gotten us nowhere. Right. No. Well, Joe, I know no. you, you were no. talking to me about that earlier. Go ahead and say That's a few words on that. Yeah, that's not that's not what that's not what the, the main point about it at all is. I think that would be patronizing to a lot of people in these communities is to go up to them and say something like that. Right. What we need to understand is that the biblical model of leadership and I think I mean, covering the why we I don't know if we still need to cover the why do we need to know? I don't want to move that far on for that, because I do believe that it is very important to have a record of where the law of God was violated mm -hmm. and to tell an accurate story of what Christianity, because we're saying if I'm pre, if I'm presenting biblical slavery as an option, I need to explain how American chattel slavery was not biblical slavery. Mm -hmm. And I need to give specific examples for that. Now, unless we couldn't, think yeah, couldn't agree more, on about, okay, I, I couldn't agree more on that point. Absolutely. So that's all it is. That's all the point is. And let me reiterate as well that, like, from the start, I realized, what a dumb mistake. I shouldn't have used white guilt. I was trying to flip it out. I was trying to flip it over on somebody. I'm not saying that that was even a great podcast. It's my first attempt mm -hmm. to use the contents here. Right. Uh, and this is the, it's not something you can look up on. the. There's a, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of subjects. You can just go look up a whole bunch of information and apply a whole bunch of stuff that people have done before you. This is, this, this, this is not that. And I'm not a great researcher when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. um, so, ugh, I mean, it's tough. So, yeah, there's you're going to find stuff in there that's not 100% on point probably, but we do need to know how to juxtapose what happened in America and American chattel slavery with what biblical slavery is. We do need to know where the covenantal violations were, like Daniel did, to know what the covenant blessings would be. Well, let's, so, let's talk about Daniel the there for a second because that's one of the things that happens in the podcast where you say at one point that, that, that Daniel was confessing, and then you, in the middle of it, you mentioned white guilt. I don't know if you remember where you did that or not. Yeah, um, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, of yeah course, okay. Of course, of where, course. You know, yeah. and you say, you know, basically you're saying that Daniel, I don't think you're trying to say that Daniel was confessing white guilt. I know you're not, you're not trying to say that at all. That's, that's not your point there, I'm, I'm quite sure. But uh, my, my point earlier is, and, and, and I, this is, Again, this is what, what was distressing to me. And I get it that you're saying that you do not believe in white guilt. I, do you believe, Joe, in inherited white guilt? No, I don't believe in I don't believe it's genetic at all. I even believe that there could be black people in the ministry industrial complex that could apply these covenantal truths to white people caught up in Moloch's ghettos. Yeah, so see, when, and, I, when I say and, white... Yeah. You know, when I say white guilt, it means this is not my responsibility. I tried this. I was being a little bit too creative. I was trying to set that up. Okay, let me as, explain why I'm asking that question. And here's why. Um, and I'm going to go back to a really old song. Um, you're you were in, you're sort of were. I know you were. Maybe still in the music industry somewhat, Joe. Somewhat. Um, yeah. Somewhat. Anyway, uh, this this was before your time. Share. Um, oh. As in uh, Sonny and Cher. Oh, boy. Um, how cool it is when people know you just by your first name. <laughs> Cher. Anyway. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Yeah, it's Cher. Yeah. Anyway, she sang this uh, song one time called, called Half Breed, right? And this is, a, th this is a context I think a lot of your listeners are going to come from, Joe. And I think I have an idea of how passionate you are mm. about this and how much you want to promote the kingdom of Christ everywhere. 
because that's the only that's that's the only answer here at all. Everything else is going to everything else but the kingdom of Christ, as you know, is going to make things worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything um, in in her in her song Half Breed, yeah. she's she her, her the lyrics yeah. go how I learned to hate the word half breed. It's all I ever heard. Yeah. Half breed. Uh, then I can't remember the next word. Or this was no good in war or something like that. Sure, Both sure, sides sure, were sure. against me since the day I was born. Okay. All right, so it sounds like there she's saying, hey, it's both, it, it, right? It was good, man. And I think, I, Joe, I, 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 um, in your podcast, you, you said, you hey, it's covenantal, again. right? It was, but it what Cher does point. is she th- – th- then the rest of everything she says is, is, is these rotten white people, right? So it, it, <laughs> she, she's saying two things there, and that's what I get off from this. You know, like, hey, it's covenantal. And oh, by the way, uh, yes, it's covenantal, but oh, by the way, the only sins we're talking about are all committed by white people. Even, and interestingly, I mean, you mentioned, Joe, a guy in Jamaica. I mean, you know, I guess he was white. I I don't know what color that dude was, that he sounded like a real terrible guy. Oh, yeah. But the only... Yeah, that's the dude. Yeah. Yeah, Thistlewood. I mean, but the, you know, so you say, uh, uh, properly so, on two occasions at least... In the in the in the podcast, clearly, I think you may you may have alluded to it at other points, but I'm talking really clearly. You say, Joe, that it's covenantal and it's clear as a bell. But then when you go on, and every offense is committed by white people, what do what are we supposed to think you're really thinking, and what are we supposed to think your real message is? And and, and the question too, when you bring up an example in Jamaica. You know, I mean, wh- what are we as a nation supposed to yeah. do with that? That's not our nation. You know, that's that's my question. Right, right, right. Now, now here's okay, cool. Two really, really awesome questions. First, let me make it very clear for all the listeners: it is anti-covenantal and pagan to assert that culture is genetics externalized or cult or this is a a problem based in somebody's skin. Right. So I would challenge the notion that I specifically say that. I'm just blaming white people. Mm-hmm. I'm using the term white guilt, and I probably shouldn't do it. And, and I'm, I'll, if I use it again, it'll be sparingly and it'll be qualified. Right. But um, the reason why we bring up Jamaica, interestingly enough, and here goes back to the uh, reason why we need to be uh, learning this kind of stuff, that we need to know it. Because if you just brought up Thistlewood or something like that in Jamaica, you'd feel like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the Caribbean. I mean, yeah, of course it was brutal. And the and the slavery, the pro-slavery apologists do this. They do this. They say, thank God you weren't brought, you were brought to America instead of down there. But what they leave out is that Rhode Island took 100 voyages down there. I believe that's the the number. That's the number that's in my head. Rhode Island was the number one slave importer. And oftentimes it went down to the Caribbean. And South Carolina's plantation model was based off of the model from down there. And it was sickening. A six-year lifespan. So it had a huge influence on the practice of slavery in the United States and specifically, or in the colonies, and specifically South Carolina. So if I'm speaking to a group of South Carolina, South Carolinians, uh, if I'm in, you know, say wherever in South Carolina, and I'm trying to institute this message, my message is the prison industrial complex is wrong. Okay, you're always going to, and here's another controversial thing, you're always going to have slavery. Slavery is a post-fall reality. It's just which slavery do you want? Do you want the slavery you have today, or do you want biblical slavery? And they'll say, oh, but look at all these um, writers, uh, R.L. Dabney, uh, look at all of these uh, um, writers who are, are defending southern slavery as biblical slavery. Can you tell me what the difference is? 
And, and then you have to be able to go over the history and the theological differences, mm-hmm. which is what Joel McDermott does in The Problem of Slavery in Christian America, an ethical judicial history of American slavery and racism. And the term ethical judicial means judging between good and evil. And so we cannot judge between good and evil unless we know. So that's a part that I'm really going to uh, hold on to as essential. Something that's not essential uh, to my message here or perhaps not helpful is the term confess versus repent. Uh, I will concede that for now. If, if, I, if, I, if there's some real reason why I should have been saying repent, I will, I will contact you. I will concede that for now. Well, let, let me just address that, that real quickly. Probably, I want to address that yeah. real quickly, Joe. Uh, you know, Daniel's uh, confession is, is general. It's not specific um, in, in, in this sense. He doesn't say we sacrificed babies, for example. Uh, we murdered our neighbors. That, we stole from meant. our neighbors. That's what he meant. Right. That's what he meant. Well, um, he know, you know that's what is, is in his head. It's, you know that's what he well, meant. Well, we don't know what's in it. I don't think I know what's in his head. But my, my point there is is that not that not that he wasn't thinking of those things, but what I what my concern is is that is to use Daniel 9 as a, a as a template, if you will, for confessing specifics. Maybe there's other templates out there, but I don't think Daniel 9 works for that. Okay, you know, all right. How about this then? Uh, you know, and these, the all these types of, of of parts of the discussion is stuff that I welcome. These are all things that look. I mean, do we agree? I mean, we agree a hundred percent that we are covenantally responsible for the sins of the nation we identify with. Absolutely. We embrace well, the fact that there are curses <laughs> on this nation, and they are our fault. Okay. When I say our, they were our covenantal fault. Is that correct? When we look out at the great society, whose problem is it? Whose fault is that? Is that the humanist or is that the Christian's fault? Is that the truncated R2K gospel's fault? Or is that the real Christian, the, the fact that we did not that's, apply biblical That's the fault of everyone uh, uh, who rejects God's law. Okay, including who? Including white Churches. people, black people, a- the- Asian people, and whoever. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. So as men and Christian ministers, we are bound not to seek the freedom, but the salvation of our race. That was the attitude of the Christian minister toward black chattel slavery okay. in America. And the reason why you have to bring race into it is because that was what was written into the lawlessness. As men and Christian ministers, we are bound to not seek the freedom but salvation of our race, yeah, and, truncated and, and, Christianity, and hopefully that's what produced this. And we're not here, obviously, to debate Joel's book, but hopefully, uh, and I've seen some of the articles that, he, that he's written there. There were those, there were those ministers that did; uh, they existed. Um, Ian Murray talks about in his book Heroes, for example, his longest chapter has to do with a minister in the South that um, that, that worked hard to relieve the plight of the blacks, preached to them. And also uh, got them, frankly, off. Uh, got them a day off so they could come and listen to sermons and, and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I mean, there's, there's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, how's it all fit together? Do we, do we then get some kind of credit, covenantal credit, that there were people that do we get covenantal credit for the people that came before us that fought, fought this? Is, is, how, absolutely, how, we get covenant. Absolutely. So the, how's that's it all the way work? Covenantal theology works. How's it all work together then? Well, I mean, first of all, our history with slavery and racism, I mean, if you take it as a whole together, there isn't much credit there. I mean, there isn't much, there isn't much credit at all to try to paint a, uh, a good picture 
of anything that happened in regard to American slavery and racism. I mean, we didn't even in the 60s, we allowed the humanists to so-called abolish this uh, um, uh, institutionalized lawless segregation. Can you believe that? I mean, can you believe that we weren't even ahead of the game in 1960? In 1955, it was considered communist. It was considered communist and socialist to amalgamate the races in, in, in the churches in the South. And this is all document. We have to know this kind of stuff. And so what I'm saying is here's what we can agree with. And I'm sure that we can all agree with this and put a great amen to this. If Christians actually today, with the means and with the gumption to do so, with a full orb gospel view, took that gospel into the inner cities, took that gospel into the places where we have the modern plantations, where the the state subsides, uh, it literally feeds on these people as human chattel. Mm -hmm. One third of them go into the uh, prison industrial complex uh, at some point in time in their life. The other third are just caught up onto the welfare state. Um, More black babies were aborted in New York than were born there over the past decade. Okay, Joe, Joe, I got to I I get this. We we, we get this. We, We know this. The numbers are out there. Who's responsible? So, wait a second, Who, no, wait a minute. No, let me ask my question. Whose responsibility is that? It's ours. It's our responsibility. Do they have any responsibility? Them, the least. Do they have any responsibility Absolutely. of their own? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Individual responsibility is okay. never foregone. They're not going to get to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and, and play the victim card. They may be able to do that in front of a Democratic convention party, but certainly not in front of the judgment seat of Christ. Absolutely not. But that doesn't change the fact that by saying, I'm not responsible for this, you're actually fulfilling the very prophecy of doom that keeps the Moloch state in power. Okay, These when you say Okay, wait a minute, Joe. Wait a minute, Joe. We got to define something here. When you say I'm not responsible for this, what is the this? The the current state of the inner cities of everywhere that the of 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 um of statism uh, the uh, statism the uh, uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, Great Society program okay, is when, in place. All right, when the Old Testament prophets you know preach to the um, well, actually, they didn't just preach to the Israelites and and the, and the the folks from Judah. They actually preached their message got out to others as well, other the Ammonites, Moabites, uh, and, and so forth. Um, they did they they did preach to them, and they didn't respond. Now, um, I, I guess what I'm being a little bit confused about is: Do you believe that if we go in and we 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 do the right thing, whatever that is, that that is going to cause change? In that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, why didn't it and, cause and, change and for the and, Old Testament prophets? 100% because service to the least is how you gain leadership. If you win the hearts of the marginalized in society, and these people are still enslaved. Oh, I, I, I make I, no mistake I, about I, it. I agree with that, Joe. I, we're going to agree with that abolished. point. We, we, I agree so with that can, point, and, too. Slavery has just been changed. Yeah, and we, it, it's just been switched absolutely. over. It's, it's, it's gone a little long absolutely. metamorphosis. No question no, no yeah. question about that. Yeah. My, my point so is I'm willing I, to cons- I, I, I want to separate, Joe, the, the, the distinction between our responsibility and the response 
to those who do what we do. I mean, we, we have missionaries, as you know, the John Paytons of the world and, and the others that went and they yeah. preached and they got their heads cut. Well, John Payton, I don't think did. Others got cannibalized and, 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 and killed for saying what they had to say. And then many of the, many times those people just continued in the bad way that they were. The French Huguenots, for example, the, the, the French Calvinists, sure. they, tr- they, they tried. They just got driven out of the country. I, I, I am making sure. a, a, a distinction between our response. I, I couldn't agree more. We have a responsibility, and I'm sickened. I, I am. I I, 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 uh, I I couldn't agree with you more on your point. With all the resources, Joe, that we have, are you are you kidding me? And all we can do is is pretend to build a fence, quite frankly, around the inner cities, and and just hope that they yeah. I don't know die of leprosy or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. I don't know. And 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 I I uh, I'll, I'll tell you this too. And this this is. Um, a maddening thing to me. I, just as while I'm getting emotional here, um, I attended a church in in the city, in in and it was in the nice area of the city, and 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 no one from the city came, or almost no one came to that church from the city. Uh, we 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 drove past all kinds of people with all kinds of problems mm-hmm. of all different colors, yeah. and I don't think they knew we were there, except that they couldn't park in our parking lot on Sunday mornings because there were so many of our cars there. Like they could during the rest of the week. Right. I, I honestly think that was that was it. So I, I you know, I, I'm like dead on with why is it that we have cast these people to the side presently? And so I think this is really where my distinction is, and maybe it's not much of a distinction in the end, because I, I I'm not really. I mean, yeah, there's things that happened in the past, great sins and great evil was committed no doubt about it but now whether or not these people were were oppressed by other people that i may or may not be related to i don't think that actually changes my responsibility at all i i think you would probably agree with that are you interested in christian education would you like to learn how to be a christian teacher or how to run your very own christian school with success the gcs apprenticeship program can help Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. Absolutely. And this and that's why I'm saying I would never this wouldn't be the message that I would preach to a uh, to a Joel Saint. You have a covenantal view, yeah. even if we, you know, differ on a couple of these uh, uh, these minors right here. Right. You have a covenantal view. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you would. I, I, I'd assume that you'd agree with the end part of of the of the application here. However, that's not the way. You know, most most people, most American conservatives, even a lot of reconstruct, not say a lot, even even some reconstructionists don't have that view. Just basically have the view, you know, yeah, you know, here here's the here's the plan. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're an American. My ancestors were were uh, uh, were oppressed too. Um, you know, you're going to have to get it going. I'll give you some resources. Don't take any money from the government, and I'm out. And that's not service. And and you're not going to win the hearts of the inner city by doing that. And in with that attitude, what you're going to do is you're going to ensure that the that the federal beast has the human capital and has the money that it needs to continue these great injustices that we pay for with stolen money too as well that, that we work hard for mm-hmm. uh, as, as well too and 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 so let me let me put it this way we are in perfect agreement that the that the message is that it is our it is our it is our burden 
It is our responsibility to smash the idols that we see mm -hmm. in these places in society and serve the least. The, the Islamic faith was almost dead in 1900. Bo yes. Marinoff does a great job on the podcast yes. on, on uh, the war of is against Islam. Yes, and it was, the yep. reason why is because it was service to the least in these areas and it was often a lot of these missionaries were were uh, um you know obviously had they weren't just all american but they were a lot of presbyterian uh, covenantal thinkers yeah. who were in there saying look i'm going to serve the least in this area and through through a free enterprise yeah and, and through service and winning the hearts that all i'm saying is if we're together on that and if we're and if we're together on the fact that that is not what is going on right now yeah then yeah really, I, I, there's I got to tell you, Joe. I I love your I love your term burden there. Um, I love that term because that was a term that was used by the Old Testament prophets. It, it, you know, in other words, they had a burden. They had to say what needed to be said, and in some cases, do what needed to be done. Sure. Equal Ezekiel, poor guy with his burning his hair. Uh, God told him to burn mm -hmm. manure first, and then he had to burn his hair. They had to lay, lay it aside. Yeah. Then he had to bury his sash. And poor Hosea had to buy. Gomer back. I mean, I, yeah. I I can't imagine what she looked like. Any any woman named Gomer? Are you kidding me? Um, but but he had to buy her back when no one else wanted her. You know, say what they right, right, and and I love the, I love your term burden there because I, I I believe that that is that has been missing. We we do not have a burden for these other people the least of these like you're saying which those missionaries had they they saw the horror and they couldn't take it and and, and they had godly zeal and they were going to do something about it even if it killed them and it did kill at least some of them right and others others had a mm -hmm. difficult time we have I'm, i i i can't agree with you more on this point dead on with this point that I, I do believe that the the inner city for the most part I mean in in Christian America um, nobody and, knows what to do with it no, yeah, no they don't and, and, and it's like well you guys kind of stay there you know we're gonna have our, our worship thing going on here and right. nobody cares about our rituals in our churches right. and it has no effect whatsoever right and and if zero they, zero yeah they, they don't care and if a reconstructionist, has that view, then he can't be a reconstructionist because he's not reconstructing anything. Right, right. I, I think uh, I think uh, mm. uh, one thing mm. for me when when listening Bam. to jo uh, Joel's uh, Joe's podcast um, was, you know, being aware of who this is directed at. I think that to me kind of clarified it a little bit um, because there are people, you know, watching the Facebook discussions. A lot of times I've seen, you know, I haven't been impressed with all of the Facebook discussions, but sometimes I have seen people get on there and start arguing and start justifying slavery because it wasn't as bad as the rest of the world. You know, and our standard obviously is the law of that's God. A terrible standard. Right. And, and and they say, well, I mean, they should have been thankful to come. And, and that's and that maybe that may be, you know, um, some of us are true. I saw I think it was Graham Douglas saying, you know, the Lord meant it. You meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good. Yes, that's true. Um, but the standard is not the rest of the world. The standard is not how bad their lives were before and how how good great their lives are now. Well, I do recognize that a lot of people's uh, estates were improved by American slavery. I'm not going to say maybe even a lot, but I'm sure there were people out there, as you read in that book, uh, Voices of Slavery. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that does still doesn't justify the institution. When I saw the arguments going on on Facebook, there were some people coming out and justifying slavery. 
And I, like, I didn't like, know like American chattel slavery. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I didn't know that these people were out there. You know, I, I was like, I can't believe anybody's defending this. But I, yeah. you know, then I was like, okay, well, what, well no, well, no wonder look, you have this what, book. No wonder you have this podcast. On what basis would they? Were they? Def, would they? Would someone defend? Would defend well, this? I think Joe, Joe, and I had actually talked about it a couple of days ago. That sometimes, um, you know, when you when you start talking to people and you press them, you press them enough. Okay. They do actually believe that 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 there is like a DNA thing that that they call this. Like I, I've seen. Okay. Uh, some, uh, okay. Sometimes on Bo Marinov's, like when he when he argues. I don't know how these people first off friend him or even find Bo, but they start defending. They, they. I mean, can we talk? I mean, yeah, no one wants a friend, Bo. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know how they start arguing with him because I can't believe you've been listening to him for this long and you still think this. And they think that, like, like the the black population have like a have like a mental difference between whites. They're like, oh, they, they, you know, the one, one person used like the the Negro thought thought the Negro thought process. What's this? Or a something like is that. that. A book or something? I don't yeah, know, yeah, but he yeah, was saying yeah. things like that, and I was like, really? I can't Negro believe thought process. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to differentiate yeah. and saying, look, look, they think a certain way, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then that's when I kind of was like, okay, well, no wonder we have this book. No wonder we have this podcast because there's people on here arguing for this. I've seen it, and I was like, I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought we were over this. Well, well, if, if you're argue, if the book is out there arguing arguing that chattel slavery is unbiblical and ungodly, then obviously, yes. yes. Um, if, if that's, yes. and that, that part of it obviously needs to be said. I mean, you know, I, I think people like might get caught in some things like, like Thomas Sowell has said, pointed out that when, when, um, and I, I believe it's true that when slavery began to be stamped out in the West, mm-hmm. In England and in the U.S., because uh, slavery didn't really the type of slavery we're talking about really didn't end until after this, after the war between the states, right? And then there were sharecropping and so forth. Some of it was very difficult for them, but in the I believe it was 1832, um, the um, it might have been earlier than that. Imp- the importation of slaves was outlawed, so you couldn't do the chattel slavery thing anymore. You could only use the descendants of slaves in in slavery in terms mm-hmm. of black slavery. Right. Okay. Thomas Sowell points out. And that's out. where slave breeding, yeah, that's where slave breeding actually, and you had people like Thomas Jefferson themselves uh, bragging about uh, slave breeding, filling that gap. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's okay. So I, I believe Sowell was right. When that happened, that was worse on captives of the African wars between the tribes because they could no longer sell their slaves to traders. They just killed them, mm-hmm. okay, tortured them to death. Right. Okay, I get that type of an argument. Right. That is a separate argument, but, but I hope no one is saying, well, dang it. You know, we should have kept up with the slave thing. Right, right. No, that's that's an argument for, for, for sending out the, the, the just like the, the original 12 apostles, that's an argument for going and preaching the gospel of peace, which mm-hmm. is the kingdom of Christ to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that that Amen. kind of thing happens as well, which which is terrible. I mean, like, right. oh, yeah, we should have kept on the catch. Okay, I know. I know this. I, I know. We know. Anybody reads a little bit knows mm-hmm. that the white people did not get off their ships and, and go hunting. Right. It was it was deadly. It was malaria. They didn't do it. They bought them off, off black people that had, had uh, enslaved each other. Or Arabs. Yeah. Well, well the, the Arab thing was even worse. Uh, the right. trans-Saharan thing and the eunuchs and all that kind of stuff. Which right. they, nine out of ten, as I understand, eunuchs died. Right. So eunuchs were really valuable there in the, in, in the Arab cultures. We, we get that. Any other argument, you cannot lay out an argument 
to defend a wicked practice because somewhere mm-hmm. some good happened. Right. Well, but that's what that's what I saw. These people were can, actually can making I, these arguments. Go ahead, Joe. Here, let me let me let me. Uh, let, okay, so actually, a um, the greatest pro-slavery armor, uh, the greatest pro-slavery army, is the title of chapter eight in Dr. McDermott's book, and it goes over these detailed arguments from mainstream theologians mm-hmm. that were, we're not talking about 200 years ago now anymore. Right. And so this is, this is only a recent, what was, what we look at today is just absolutely beyond the pale, absurd, ridiculous. How the heck could anyone, you know, tell Bo that, you know, there's a Negro kind of spirit and there's a white spirit or whatever, you know, uh, that, was the common view, and that was the evangelical uh, or Presbyterian uh, orthodox position. Uh, a position that deviated from that position would be considered a humanistic one. Mm-hmm. And and the uh, the abolitionists didn't do a lot of favors with their whack theology. But I'll tell you what, the Christian theology was the wackest one. And 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 learning this. I mean, whack is one in regard to this race, obviously, this right. this covenantal issue here. Right. So, but and learning this is extremely, extremely important, and there's value in it. Now, let me. I've 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 gone really far into saying, you know, yeah, I shouldn't have done the white guilt thing that way. I should have I should have you know done it a different way. Um, let, let me give you a pro argument for using the term white guilt, and it's the same argument that I use for uh, using the term reparations, and and I'm going to be doing something on that too as well. Right. These are the terms that the left has co-opted to perpetuate the injustice, to give the victim complex. Right. Now, if we take on guilt that's not ours and say, yeah, you know, our predecessors here in in the ministry industrial complex in the churches they did these things and therefore you didn't turn to christianity you turned to the secular state and now you're in another plantation but don't worry about that because we're going to show you what real christianity looks like now and we're going to make real reparations so if you have a i mean think about that real reparations not a check in the mail Mm-hmm. But if you have a city council meeting in, let's just say, Compton, and the topic is reparations, how are we going to demand reparations? Who's going to get to speak with a comment card without getting shouted down off of the podium? You fill out your comment card, three minutes. Is it the person that says, no way you get reparations, or the person who redefines reparations, which is really a biblical term, restitution, right? So. It, it, or is the person who's going to say, "Yeah, here's how we want. We have a rep. I have a reparations plan." And to to not be too, to, it's a teaser here. I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't have. I, I'm not ready for this to be public. I talked right. with you a little bit about it, yes. uh, Joel and Luke. Yeah. Um, I, I have a plan that I'm going to be branding as reparations, mm-hmm. but it is not the left's reparations. Mm-hmm. It's true restitution because guess what? Whoever builds the city is going to be in leadership in the city. Mm-hmm. And the, the Moloch state will be gone, mm-hmm. out, by. Right. They don't have anything to offer. And furthermore, well, Joe, Joe, let me the ask peculiar, you then. Let me ask yeah. you this question, Joe. Uh, then why not just call it service? Why do you have to call it reparations? Because I think there's something important to being able to get in there. It, first of all, you don't have to, and it's just a tactic. So it's kind of one of those things. This is not a you know you you if you say reparations, you have the ear of the people saying of, of of the people who are repeating that. And we're not talking about we're not just going down there to serve Christians. We're going down there to serve the uh, social justice crowd. We're going down there to serve the liberation theology crowd. Mm-hmm. 
who uses this term. And if you if you juxtapose what they mean by reparations and you draw that out presuppositionally to the logical conclusion, and then you draw out what I mean by reparations to the logical conclusion, and you say, push the button that you want, which one is it? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to push the antithesis with this. And reparations is not a bad word. It's just one that we can use to get our foot in the door. They're not listening to Thomas Sowell in the inner city. They're not. Well, should, well, right. Let me ask you this, though. So, sh- should they be? Absolutely. Okay. Of, okay. Heck yeah. All right. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. I mean, Thomas Sowell's like awesome on economics and 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 great on. I mean, he's not obviously. I, I differ with him, you know, on uh, on theological issues, right, of course. Sure. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's of course he's got a lot of brick and mortar that we can. I listen to Thomas Sowell trickle down theory and he. I, come on, man. Yeah, but the way we get him to listen to actually Thomas Sowell isn't by saying this is what Thomas Sowell says about re- reparations. He'll boo you off the. Th- you won't get five seconds. But if you go up there saying here, I have a plan for reparations. Here it is. Boom, and you just lay it out. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, uh, okay, that that all right. have, that's. I mean, you that's, see what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that podcast. I'll tell you that right now, Joe. Yeah, well, here's, that will be, and and I hope, hope I need y'all on my side with this, man. Like that's why I'm 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 willing to scrap titles, uh, exchange uh, uh, terminology, you know, put different passages, whatever. Okay, you know, but covenantally, we we, yeah. we are at the same place here, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I think I've, I've got a. Cl- um, th- this is why I'm 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 having a problem with the uh, word reparations, um, just the word itself, because it seems to me the word itself implies. That someone is owed something, and actually not. That, it's just, it's okay. okay I it, mean, well, you're fine. Okay, all right. Go with that. Go with that. It, yeah, they're owed something. Okay, fine. You believe that? Fine. Do you believe they're owed something? Yeah, I do. Be- I do believe that we owe them to fix that area right there if we want to have liberty, <laughs> if we want to establish biblical law. Sure, we owe that service. Absolutely, we owe everything to all men. Paul says. Okay. So right. yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I think you're. I think you're exactly right about that. I, I just the confusion comes in is is just when we hear it's the, the, it's the, the word term. reparations. It's, I'm telling you. Well, well, but that's what the left does, and we're scared of it. They take the yeah. land. The left takes all of the terms and they blast it up there, and they just and they're hitting us on the head with it. And whoa, 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 whoa. We can't use guilt. We can't use reparation. We how about we just say service? Yeah, it is service, and we're not talking about money. Wait, but, but that's that's what, that's what the left doing. does, though. They they do use those kind of terms, and they don't use the, the, the term service, which is what I'm talking about here. I my, my point is this: if if someone believes that they're owed something. Uh, Joe, and you're you're more. Con- um, you know, I just came back from South Africa, and I I, I had some <laughs> options to speak with some folks there. When you deal with someone yeah. who who they feel okay, I, I get your point. We owe all men love. Oh no, man, anything but to love one. Well, love one another. We we owe them service because it's ultimately service to Christ, and we owe them the the um, opportunity and the message mm-hmm. to bow the knee the knee to Christ. Mm-hmm. We owe that to them. Mm-hmm. But I believe when you use the term reparations with them, I want to give you a chance to come back here. Then then they yeah. then they see it as something owed to them. And I'll tell you what, if they see it as something owed to them, they're not going to respond, Joe. You're just doing what you're supposed to do. You're not gonna, you're not going to be anything special. No, no. If you tell them exactly what we owe, what we're doing is we're built. Yeah, I owe you to show to I owe you discipleship. The Great Commission tells me I owe you discipleship, even from without our even outside of our historical context. Explain it. Explain what I owe. 
I'm a, I look, I have a full orb gospel. I have these resources that have been given by these generous donors. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to, now I'm going to get too far. <laughs> what we want to do is we want to get y'all, if you agree in covenant with us, to get out of that humanistic incubation center, to cut off all welfare that you are receiving from the pagan state, we will take care of you, we will feed you, we will clothe you, we will give you a trade, we will raise you up, we will give you a worldview that smashes this idol of slavery right here. So it's either go back to that building over there and check your mailbox, or it's come over here and take the land because they are keeping you in a government ghetto plantation. Hmm. And this is a message whites will say and blacks will say. It's important that we have everybody or Hispanics or whoever, any race, who is going into these areas to do this kind of stuff says, yeah, reparations. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, you want reparations? Here it is. Here's what real repair looks like. If you're going to allow us to repair it, though, here's here's the catch. I'll give you this, but if you're going to allow us to repair it, you need to allow us to repair it. We can't have the government unraveling the repair right. along the way. It's true. Yeah. Well, I'm good with uh, repair. Okay, so uh, repair, reparations. Yeah. Re- repair, <laughs> reparations. Yeah. It's the same route, isn't it? Yeah. Is, am I, I, am I wrong on that? I think it's got to be the same route. I think, I think it has it to. It means the same thing, man. Yeah. It's just, it, look, it's taking the language, it's speaking the language, and Joseph Foreman says this, it's speaking the language of Mordor right to the inhabitants. The ones who are trapped in Mordor. Right. Yeah. They're not going to hear, yeah, I'm here to serve you, I'm here to help you. Then they'll be like, okay, if they, if they think that they're owed something because somebody has taught them to that their whole life, you using the word reparations is not going to make them think they're owed more. Okay, I, I, what, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with you that. You see what I'm, I'm saying? I, I, I'm not yeah. sure I agree, but I'm, I'm a, I, I need to think about that a little bit. Uh, we, can, we can debate the reparations more yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm go, not, go another that. thing I'm not totally sold on. I don't. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to say that, but that's a real yeah. way to. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's a way to get. We, that's we, a way to get the left. We, yeah, we can we, definitely yeah, move on from that. People, yeah, we can move on from that, and and, and just you know, and, and that's really uh, you know, William Carey. You know, he goes he goes to, um, the same way with Livingston and those guys. They were all about the kingdom of Christ, and they were all about serving mm. their neighbor. I think by the time we're finished here tonight, we we might be. Sli- I have a I have a might maybe a slight difference on what that might look like, but we we aren't going to have any difference. I know this because I I well, I don't know you real well, Joe, but I, I I think I know where your heart is. I think I have a pretty good idea, uh, having heard your what you've done. There is there is no doubt that to serve that there is there is not a distinction you cannot draw a distinction between serving Christ and serving your neighbor you can't do that if you're doing the one you're, you're going to do the other uh, I, I actually um, did I preach a sermon that was on a Mars broadcast uh, presentation that I did okay it was on pietism and what was Mars well, it was Mars yeah. Middle Atlantic Reformation Society um, uh, there's a, there's a term that could go out of line. Um, <laughs> it's a Mars um, Middle Atlantic Reformation Society, um, it, it, where where my argument was that Pietism it comes down to this sentence: I can serve Christ, but I don't have to serve my neighbor. Mm-hmm. That is come on. I, I think that is the, the 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 best definition of Pietism in yes. one sentence that I can possibly come up with. Mm-hmm. So I, I it, there is no doubt at all that we absolutely do owe. Everyone, the opportunity to hear the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and we do. We are here because 
people gave it up. I mean, Tyndale, right. Tyndale yes. dies, so we can have the Bible, right? right? And he's 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 there's tons of people like that. Mm -hmm. Do we owe your term, good term? Do we owe our present neighbors any less? And of course, the answer is is no. Right. So what you're talking about, Joe, right there, is is that? That's what you're talking about, and that at that point you're I. I Dead on, I shout amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, you know, at the end of the day, that's it. Now, we do have a, there is a covenantal continuity with being part of this nation, uh, but it, it could be just as much about pietism. It could just be a, a, as much about two kingdoms theology and the damage that's done. Yes. We're not going to sit here today as reconstructionists and say, I'm a reconstructionist. I don't have any guilt for Christians that went before me and established a two kingdom system and has Moloch in power in these areas. You know, it would have been much better if I and and Joel, and Dr. McDermott takes this approach in his book. He he exposes all this stuff and very little. And, and Joe, uh, Dr. McDermott told told me himself, I don't like to talk about white guilt. He said it himself. He said, you know, I don't I don't prefer that. You know, it, it, you get caught up in the weeds and stuff. And and me, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna flip it. You know, I'm, I'm th this is you know, I'm just gonna flip it. So. Uh, Totally, one hundred percent. It's but it's the covenantal continuity that has let. It's it's different than William Carey going over um, and, and serving Muslims and and serving the least in in uh, uh, you know halfway across the world. Covenantally, that's true. But the result is the same. And speaking about uh, you know the the peculiar institution that you brought up, that's exactly right. Peculiar. To English common law was this black chattel slavery peculiar because if you were in Eng under English common law, if you were a slave and you and you got baptized, that meant your freedom or at least your freedom eventually. And, and, and so this this institution that we had that regarded blacks as chattels, uh, whether it, and it could have been whatever color, but it just happened to be black now. Uh, it was peculiar. It's peculiar, and, and and specifically, the the our forefathers in the faith changed the civic code to to it, to say no, no, we can't have the common law one because if a if a slave owner rapes his his female slave, he needs to own that child. Which law allows that? Well, well, it's the Roman law. It's the Roman system of slavery that allows that. Not under English common law. It wouldn't even close to ever allow that. And so, therefore, yes, the, the peculiar institution. But we need to understand that history as why it was peculiar. And I think to, to right here, we're, we're, we're dovetailing. We're at the same thing. I appreciate you, you helping me sharpen this. Because you're not the, you're not the, the, the donkey in this uh, thing that I'm, that I'm pinning the tail on. You're not the conservative that I'm thinking of that's like, oh, you know, white guilt, uh, you know, why would you guilt me? Because you don't mean, when you say that, Joel Saint does not mean this ain't my responsibility. Joel Saint says it is my responsibility to transform this into a Christian social order. And the only way we can do that is to serve the least. Now, if we didn't have any covenantal guilt on it whatsoever, and we were in, a, in another society, this, the result with the, the instruction would still be the same. But how much more so when we do have that covenantal responsibility as at least the churches, regardless of skin color, as at least those that bear the name of Christ, 
So I, I think when, we can agree, when we ha- agree on this on this statement. I think you're going to agree with this. Uh, Luke wants to wrap it up. He just gave me the high sign here. Um, how long have we been doing this, Luke? Is this- uh, we're at uh, 78 minutes. Okay, so we're we're, we're we've got to wrap it up here. Uh, do <laughs> hope we don't open it up again here. But uh, do we agree, you and I, um, uh, that uh, there is covenantal guilt, but there's no such thing as as white guilt, black guilt, Asian guilt, Hispanic guilt, that that does not exist. Do we agree on that point? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's Take that. Right. 100%. Take that. When, when I'm using the term white guilt, I'm using it to refer to the reaction. The reaction. Why is this okay. my guilt? One, one thing before we wrap up, I, I want to go back to something that I think Luke was saying earlier. I want to um, talk about this. The people that like the Negro way of thinking or, 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 or yes. what, whatever it is, mm-hmm. whatever that was, yeah. um, it's been pointed out that probably the most enslaved race, if you're going to talk about a way to think or whatever, right. and people, I believe, do not understand uh, generational faithfulness and the benefits of genera- generational faithfulness. Mm-hmm. They don't get it. Um, if you're going to talk about um, slavery and way of thinking, uh, there are people that have argued, and I think they're correct, that no race has been enslaved as much as the white race, we have to we have to go back a while. So I mean, now we're going to say a white way of thinking that they should be the white people are enslaved, and this is a white way of thinking, and it's obvious that they don't know how to think because we're enslaving them. Right. I, I, we uh, I, uh, that, that's that's very troubling. Right. The idea is very troubling. Right. Yes. Anyway, well, I mean, anyway, like I, I said, I just, you, know, to get that you know, like, yeah, we're just talking. We're simply talking about the situation here, the slave codes that were here, the lawlessness that was here. Um, and yeah, there's lawlessness all across the world, and different people slave for generic re- genetic reasons, for financial reasons, right. yeah. uh, for reasons relating to other yeah. forms of tribalism that are pagan. So yeah, 100. percent I don't know that much about the uh, whole percentage of who was enslaved more or anything like that. Um, so I yeah. definitely well, yeah I, yeah, and, and that that really yeah. is somewhat immaterial. My my point simply is that you can't. Um, equate the, I mean, the way a person thinks, or the, I don't know, genetic, whatever. I mean, I get it. There's difference in the in the races. I I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But if Christ came to save and transform all the races, we know that some from every tribe and every nation. Mm-hmm. I don't really care who who, you know, who I don't know, uh, you know, gets higher you know, as a race on an IQ test. Right. And IQ, you know, it might be a certain color of people gets higher on the IQ test because it was that color of people that made the IQ test. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't even, my, my point simply is that um, it is, it is foolishness to ascribe genetic defect because someone somewhere was enslaved. That is a, that's, well, I, that's, well, that's like horrible. I said, I mean, some, some unlucky hapless fool was trying to argue that against Bo. And, and, you know, of course, you know, that did not go well for him. But, I mean, like I said, like I, I was, I was, <laughs> you can imagine. I guess you can imagine. We don't need to imagine. We see it happen all the time. Um, you know, I'm Dude, so- what do these people think when they see that? What do they think? Like, you see Bojadar Marinoff has responded to your comment on Facebook. Like, why not just delete the thread? Like, if you're the one with the OP, like, it's so dumb. It is, it is, it, it's whatever. It's, I, it's, it's ridiculous. I always, hey, look, yeah. I, I always, so, hey, I, I'm, I appreciate y'all, man. I, I just want to let you look. First of all, I, I just want to say how um, how much I look. Joel Saint is much is much bigger. You've put in a lot more time. Uh, you've you've uh, you've sweat a lot more. You've you've bled more than I have. 
um, you know, you're you're a, a trail a trailblazer in in this movement of Christian Reconstructionism. You don't go from the top down. You don't use that. Uh, I got deference to you, my man. So, uh, and I need you. You know, I, I can't I can't have something out there that's well. You know, you got this opinion. I got this opinion on that. You know, we can differ on a few of the minors, but uh, I, I'm committed to uh, redoing this thing uh, to a way that um, to a way that sounds like something that you can get behind. You know, so. Um, you know, I'll, I'll leave it up there for now, but well, let you know, me just, just so say this, Joe. See what we're talking about, but appreciate those kind words. I know you maybe said more than you wanted to about the project you're involved with right. there, yeah. and uh, but, but thank you. Um, obviously, um, any any type of um, mission work, and that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about mission work to those who have been abandoned and abused, and frank, quite frankly, used. Um, is a God-honoring thing yeah. and obviously um, a, a thing to be supported. And we would, we would obviously want to support that. Right. I, well, just to, just to wrap it up here, um, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that, 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 the, that there are races and they think differently and, and the, we need to act differently towards them because they think it differently is very much alive and well um, in the liberal and the left camp because they don't think that the blacks can take care of themselves. They think that they need to take care of them. They, they, they think that if, yeah. well, if I'm not around and I'm not helping you, then you can't take care of yourself. They think that there's actually a genetic problem with them. Otherwise they wouldn't be targeting them as much. And we need to go to war against that. Yeah. And, and yes, yes, we do. Um, um, by the grace of the Lord, even with this podcast, we will. Um, but the Amen. the thing that I um, that I appreciate about these podcasts is and and, and I've said this before. Um, give me the day when we're arguing about these kinds of things. Okay, we're going to try and, and target the urban city. How are we going to do that? How are we going to uh, target the people in the city? Uh, you know, is this book going to help? Is this book going to hurt? Are the concepts in this book? You know, and we're going to have that. We're having the discussion about what's the best way to do this. Give me the day where we're doing that. But right now in America, we're arguing about do we kill the baby at 20 weeks or do we kill the baby at 19? Do we kill the baby at 21 Uh. or do we kill the baby at 20? So, you know, for a lot of people listening, they might say, well, I mean, you guys are arguing about this, which is, you know, we're really not arguing that much. But I'm saying that even though we have disagreements in the Reconstructionist camp, I'm glad for these disagreements. And I want to see more of these disagreements Rather than the disagreements of do we kill the baby at 20 or do we kill the baby at 21 weeks. But just that's just to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Joe, for being on our podcast. Dad, thanks for coming on. We will see you guys next week. Be strong and courageous, my friends. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now 
to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.